You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is why I'm starting to lean that there's two options that are best fit for David Stearns. And it's guys that one guy I like, one guy I'm not a fan of or don't want to get hired. It's... DeRosa and Beltron, because they will be the, the good faces and the good speaker. Well, at least DeRosa will be a good speaker, and Beltron has that connection, and he'll say what they want him to say. It's a good. It'll be a great fit because they'll be the the puppets. Well, no, no, the, the the perfect guy is Craig Council. He he is because I know it's not a perfect comparison, and I know the Giants are not having a great year this year. But the Shane Dable relationship fits. They've worked together in the past. They're going to be on the same page. Dave Gettleman wasn't going to be on the same page necessarily with Joe Judge. David Stearns and Craig Council have worked together. So while I have concern about being too hands-on, I would want the two parties, the field manager and the general manager, in this case, the team president, to at least think alike. So they're not butting heads. Whether I like the way they're thinking or not, that's irrelevant. Whether we like the way they're thinking or not, that's not the point. I want them to be on the same page. And there's no safer page than Craig Council and David Stearns. Craig Council is so the perfect fit. He, he is on every level. Yes, the Brewers got swept in the wild card series. I, I get that. And yes, I think he's won one postseason game in his last like nine tries or whatever it is. So the postseason success is not there other than that one run they made to the league championship series back in 18. They lost the seventh game, but he has been the manager of a team that's been a consistent regular season winner, which at this point I take. This is a franchise that has never been in the postseason more than back-to-back seasons. Two years in a row is where they, they top out. So I'm not exactly turned off by Craig Council's really impressive nine-year resume because, you know what? It's not bad. And you know what Craig Council's done that this franchise that we root for has never done? They made the playoffs in more than two consecutive years. In fact, the answer, I know you're including 2020, which makes it a little clunky, four straight years. So I don't want to hear about ripping Craig Council's resume because his resume is something we don't have. We don't have that freaking resume. Well, he hasn't won a championship. Well, has this franchise won a championship? He's been a manager 
of a consistent winner. And yeah, I think the unity and being on the same page freaking matters. Because you know what bothers me more than just Daniel Vogelback playing when we don't want him to play? When one side doesn't want him to play and the other side does. Like, in this new franchise, if they hire counsel, and they will, you're not going to probably have that because of the connection that these two guys had from working together. So if anything, this story is just a reminder of, I don't want David, as open-minded as it sounds, ooh, David Stern's hired someone he's never worked with. Great. Yeah, until the middle of May when they disagree on everything. And then we're looking for a new manager in one year because the, the regular manager wasn't listening to the team president. Craig Council is, is a no-brainer, and I believe he's going to manage this team, and I've got new reason to believe he's going to manage this team. He's going to manage next year. John Heyman has now consistently reported that. He is not looking at a year off, that that's not happening. So he wanted to get to free agency, which he's about to get to as a manager, and Craig Council likes something in particular. He likes something that Pete Alonzo likes and that you like, Pete. He likes money. Really big fan of money. And when you're making $3.5 million a year, which is what Craig is making this year, it's a fine living, and you are now the hottest managerial free agent, you're going to make a lot more than that. So, dumb question, Pete. What franchise has the most money to spend on anything? What team is that again? I forgot. It's not the Yankees. It's the Mets. It's the Mets. Who has a managerial opening right now? Uh, The Mets. Right. So, and think about who also has managerial openings. Let's think about this. The Anaheim Angels, the San Francisco Giants. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what they do in the offseason. And the small market Cleveland Guardians. And then you've got the Brewers, potentially. If this is the competition we're talking about, and Craig Council's going to manage. Like, we take John's report and say, hey, he's clued in. Craig wants to manage in 2024. Well, then it's a two-team race. It's a race between the Mets and the Brewers. That's it. And if David Stearns wants Craig Council and tells Steve, boy, we're really going to have to spend on this manager. We're going to have to pay $8 million a year. Steve's probably going to crack up and say, $8 million? I'm paying garbage relievers $8 million. <laughs> Sure, why not give them $9 million? So I am fully convinced that Craig Council is going to manage this team. And I'm good with it because I do want the manager and the team president to be on the same page. Because these kinds of stories, they not only suck because, A, we're annoyed that Daniel Vogelback was playing. But ideally for a healthy franchise, whether we like the way baseballs run now or not, you want everybody on the same page and that's what you'd get no i I listen i I understand that i respect it i if that's how it goes i'm okay with it i am thinking though now i just i I forget i know that they got rid of i believe scouting department Mm -hmm. they changed the analytical department as well as statistically like there were some inner workings that they got rid of because that is more important than anything else that we have because like we just said if it's not coming from the manager it's coming from upstairs. Well, who's upstairs besides David Stearns? Well, I think David Stearns is going to install a lot of new people. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of new people brought into this organization over the next couple of months. I mean, this is a big change that we're seeing. 
You know, so yeah, I think the analytics department's going to look a lot different. Obviously, based on who the manager is, the coaching staff's going to be a lot different. There's going to be a lot of new faces around. There's just going to be a lot of changes coming with David Stearns. But keep an eye on the council thing. It'll be funny and interesting over the next few weeks because I do think the Mets are going to live by their word of having, quote, a wide search, even if they already know today their target is correct council. Like, I think they'll lean into, we're interviewing a lot of different people, but ultimately, and I've been consistent about this. I'd be very surprised if Craig Council's not the guy. Let's get to Alonzo. Uh, Pete Alonzo switching agents and joining Scott Morris. Your first reaction, I think everyone's first reaction is to shudder. <laughs> the Boris group. And it is what it is with Scott Boris. He is the most evil, brilliant agent in Major League Baseball. But a couple of things we need to know about Scott Boris. More likely than not, Scott Boris will take his client to free agency. So that's the first tea leave we're, we're reading and saying, oh, crap, there's not going to be an extension. Now, Pete's getting a free agency, assuming the Mets don't trade him. But that's not always the case. There are examples of Scott Boris signing extensions before free agency because he's not an idiot. And he knows hey, if I get a really good offer and I'm not going to get a better offer than this, no matter what I'm telling my client, I think they can get them, I'll sign the extension. He did it with Jose Altuve. So it's been done before. Does it lessen the chance that Pete signs an extension during the offseason? Absolutely. No question. The chances of Pete signing an extension before opening day 2024 have gone down. They're not eliminated, but they've gone down. That's number one. Number two. I have certainly heard that the Mets don't like Scott Boris right now, that the fallout from the Carlos Correa deal was not like a mutual breakup. It was not, ah, you know, Scott, we love you. We'll make another deal with you down the road. A lot of the deals the Mets have made with Scott all occurred prior to the Carlos Correa thing breaking down. So I say that to you, and is that a concern? It's not because Scott Boris wants money. And Steve Cohen is a businessman. And good businessmen are not going to let a bad relationship, or what is at least right now, from what I'm hearing, not the greatest relationship, let things fall apart. So even if they're not as friendly as they were when Steve is like drunkenly making an offer for Carlos Correa, I'm joking, I don't think he was drunk, but you know what I mean, like hanging out, having a cocktail, doesn't mean they can't make a deal. That's number two. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But here's number three, and this is the cold, hard reality. I always believed, rightfully so, that there was a chance Pete Alonzo would take a hometown discount. I believe that opportunity existed. I believe that opportunity is dead. That's gone. The hometown discount is gone now. Now it's business. And the Mets deserve part of that blame. Because the Mets made a contract offer to Pete Alonso. I've actually heard that. And I heard what it was. And it wasn't good. And it was never going to get the deal done. 
and things like that just it, it pisses people off. It pisses these athletes off. Pete Alonso wasn't thrilled about that. And so when you factor that in with everyone else getting paid, like Lindor, like Brandon Nemo, even on short-term deals, like Max Scherzer, like Justin Verlander, yeah. That's why you fire your agent, whether they deserve it or not, and you hire Scott Boris. That's why you do that. So I think where we are in this is, I always said this is a negotiation, and this is kind of like a war between the Mets and Pete Alonso, and I don't know how it's going to end. Does it end with a peace treaty? Does it end with a trade? Does it end with, I don't know how the hell it ends, but this was another act in this war. When you go to Scott Boris, you're taking out the big weapons. So the hometown discount is dead. Does that mean Pete's gone? No, it doesn't mean he's gone. Because you know what this comes down to? The same thing it always came down to. Are the Mets going to pay him? And so far, the Mets have not shown that willingness. They haven't. Is there a reason for it? I don't know. Is it strictly business? Is it, hey, we like Pete, but not a high enough batting average. His war isn't great. His defense is okay. And we find him replaceable. That's probably it. It's probably this, this cold-hearted business decision. Will that always be the case? I think it's going to be the case throughout this offseason. Like, I think the idea of an extension right now feels remote. I mean, you never know, but it feels remote. I think this is going to be either a trade, which I am hoping dead against, obviously, or it's going to be sweating it out in a free agency where anything could happen because all you need is one owner. That's it. All you need is one owner to give Pete a contract that Steve Cohen and uh, David Stern say no. So Steve Cohen has the money. It's if he chooses to spend it on that player. So it's not about being cheap. It's about, again, smart businessman. Does he want to pay that to him? I know it's a different circumstance, but he decided not to make the big offer for Jacob DeGrom. He did. They made an offer, but they knew it was never going to be enough. So they let Jacob DeGrom go. You know, people love to just tell themselves, Jake wanted to leave, Jake wanted to leave, Jake wanted to leave. It's like a coping mechanism. That's not what happened. Like, you can continue to tell yourself that, but no, the Mets made a decision that we're not giving him a five-year deal. And guess what? They were right. Like, I'm not even killing him anymore. I was absolutely emotional about that a year ago. But they ultimately made the right business decision. Are they going to make a business decision with Pete Alonso? Yeah, the question is, is it going to be the one we want or not? But the Boris thing is not a death sentence. It's not the end of the world. It just means this war for a big-time contract, the heavy weapons have now been brought in. So buckle up. (laughs) With that said, they better not trade them because I don't see the return being worth it. I just don't. And secondly, like I've always said with your homegrown guys, if it turns into a bad contract, we will live with it. We lived with it with David Wright. And Pete Alonso has shown you no reason to believe he's going to break down. It would be a fluke if he broke down. And in his worst years where we kill him and he hits 217, he hits 45 home runs and drives in 118 runs. And he gets better defensively every single year. If you actually watch the Mets, you know that. So I hope they get something done. But I think what this news did for me, Pete, 
It just reminded me that my hope should not be up for an extension getting done now. Because I think that's less likely today than it was two days ago. Yeah, dude, I'm the guy that's shivering in my boots right now. I'm scared. When you see Scott Boris, I see a couple things. A, it reminds me like, uh, you know, the fact that the last couple contracts, the Correa deal fell through. Is there bad blood there? Michael Conforto couldn't get a deal with the Mets. That fell through. So it, it, it really hasn't worked out recently. And I honestly don't remember the last big deal. I mean, was it was it Scherzer? Was Scherzer the last big Nimmo. deal? Nimmo. Nimmo was like, okay, so I guess that was good. Um, but that being said, though, <coughs> will still scare me. And like you said, they offered DeGrom, DeGrom something so that at least they could say that they offered DeGrom something. They offered Pete Alonso something. Are they willing to extend? I don't know. They're very weird about, and I'm not saying weird is the right word, but they're specific on who they offer those big contracts to. They offered Nimbo the big contract. They didn't offer DeGrom. Are they going to overextend themselves on Alonzo? That's the that's the toss-up. I don't well, know, and I'm scared by that. And, and I think what really makes it a wild card is the guy who's deciding it, because really it's David Stearns. The guy who's deciding it just walked through the door. He may not have decided it yet. Like he may be still kind of looking around, getting his bearings, saying, I'm not sure what I want to do with Pete Alonso. Because what he said at the press conference, you take with a grain of salt that the plan is for Pete to be the opening day first baseman in 2024. If the Mets know, as painful as this is, if David Stearns has decided, I don't want to pay this guy. For whatever reason, as much as that drives me nuts, and trust me, we will crush them when the time comes. But if he's made that decision already, then you trade then there's no reason to let him play out the year. It just doesn't make any sense. So I would take it as if they go into next year with Pete being here, that would let me think, well, they have to have some interest in him coming back long-term because why else would you let this play out? Unfortunately, this is going to be a story that just doesn't go away. It's just, it's never, ever, ever going to go away. But yeah, him going to Scott Boris was a shock, man. I mean, I don't think any of us saw that one coming. No, and, and it, well, now the positive is we did see a different sport, but Daniel Jones changed his his agent last minute, and he ended up getting a, that four year deal with the Giants. So things things do happen. On the other hand, I do want to blame Billy Eppler for this because he probably knew the the, the writing was on the wall that he's not going to be a big part of this franchise. Regardless, he went and shopped them around the trade deadline. If it wasn't for Billy, we wouldn't be in this mess. <laughs> Uh, The real mistake the Mets made, and I remember criticizing the Mets for this. I want to give you the exact moment I did it. It was actually after 2016. I thought they should extend Jake. Like, and and the reason I say 2016 is 2016 was not his Cy Young year. 2016 was a very solid kind of averagey season for him. And I thought at the time, you know what? Buy out the next couple of years. Buy him out and get him locked up long-term. So what ended up happening is he ends up having the dominant Cy Young season. Then it becomes a debate, like, really, do you want to lock Jake up now coming off such a historical season? And they did, which I was thrilled about. And at the time, the Mets were criticized for, wow, if you did this a year earlier, you would have saved a lot of money. And then ironically, once his contract ran out, even with the injuries, you said, what a steal. Like It turned out to be a great deal. So what I mean by all that is, they missed their window to extend them. It needed to happen last offseason. Because when you're two years away 
from free agency. You're far enough away, like with Jeff McNeil, where you can get a deal done. You eliminate arbitration, you eliminate those battles, and you get the guy locked in on a contract that ends up being great for him because he's getting paid and really good for you. But the longer you wait on this, the more difficult it is. Like the contract they'd have to give Pete now to lock him up with only one year left before free agency is well north of $200 million. And I'm not sure if that needed to be the number if this was a year ago or even a year before that. I mean, you could have done this at any point. The Atlanta Braves, as much as we hate them, have made an art form of this. An art form. And some of it's gambles. But look, I'll give you an example right now, and it's going to seem like a crazy gamble, but this is what the Braves do. Ever think about locking up Francisco Alvarez right now? Like the risk attached to it is, well, what if he busts? And now you're paying a guy $12 million a year. Yeah, but what if he hits? (laughs) Then it's a steal. The Mets did this years and years ago with Wright and Reyes. They had them on team-friendly deals for a while. So the Mets, I think, messed up by not getting this done either last year or the year before that. But we'll follow it because the Pete Alonso thing is not going away. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.